It takes more than a rubber duck to be a software engineer. This is episode 185 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I am your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show where we answer all of your non-technical questions about the technical field of software development. I also pronounced it podcast instead of podcast. (laughs) I noticed that. I just wanted to reassure our listeners I do know most English. (laughs) That's good. It's not even October. I can't even claim that that was like a cool little Halloween (laughs) Easter egg. I just don't speak words well. Now for half an hour of talking. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect timing. (laughs) Yep. Oh, do you want to talk about our great patrons, Dave? Yes, thank you to those who are contributing. That gets them a shout out every week on Patreon.com. You can join them by going to softskills.audio and click on support us on Patreon. They are Vinlock, Matthew Voidovich, Bartek Tartkowski, Agile Ventures Charity, Brandon Keynes, Ted Nugent, Crash Bandicoot, Zach Grannon, John Grant. This list is getting long. That's actually one of the names, by the way. <laughs> oh, I thought you put that in last week as like a... <laughs> Fun little aside that I was supposed to say. <laughs> no, that's actually what one of the contributors said is their name. All right. So thank cool. you. Luis Santos, Nick Cantar, Taras Haruk, Stephen Armand Lee, Sean, Sonny Ty, Brittany Ellick, Sonic the Hedgehog, Ivo Robotnik, Florian Tatzel, Philip John Basile, Chris Hogan, Luke Bayless, and Stanley Tactical Radio. Thank you so much for supporting us. Okay, Dave, do you want to read our first question? You bet. This comes from listener named... Gazigosh Bayonjushi Yekovyets, who says, Hello, I am the only principal architect in my department. In addition to technical and delivery obligations, I am also responsible for mentoring of engineers. Recently, I reviewed some very lackluster customer-facing presentation materials drafted by a junior engineer, for which I provided templates and talking points, and informed them this would need to be worked again from scratch. I received verbal confirmation that the effort was indeed lacking, and that they would take a different approach. Imagine my surprise when I was pulled into an HR meeting by my manager, telling me that a formal complaint was filed for my being, quote, belligerent. Also mentioned to me was that this engineer would be leaving the company because they couldn't possibly continue to work with me. Now might be a good time to mention we are a completely remote team, and this is the first negative feedback this engineer received from me due to having only been on the team for two weeks at that time. This individual has moved into a different group, which I work with often, but now I'm concerned about having someone on the team who cannot handle direct but professional criticism. How do I handle this professional relationship going forward? P.S. This engineer is nearly 40, and we are consultants in 100% customer-facing roles. So you can't call him a fragile millennial. <laughs> yeah, he's too too old for that. <laughs> but you could you could potentially say okay boomer to them. Okay. I guess. <laughs> Whatever boomer. Yeah, how does that go over in HR? Hey, hold on, Jameson. Oh, is this is this a reference to the fact that if you're not a millennial then the only other thing you could possibly be is a baby boomer? Uh, that's how it works in my head. I think those are the two <laughs> generations. Because there is a generation between them, <laughs> which I happen to be a member of, I will have you know. You're just Either an elder millennial or a young whippersnapper of a boomer. <laughs> junior boomer. <laughs> a junior boomer. Yeah. Is it Gen Z? Is that the one after millennial? No, it's Generation X. No, that's, yeah, that's that's you. That's me. But Gen Z is the one after millennial. Uh, sorry, I totally misunderstood you because I'm a junior boomer and I don't understand words anymore. <laughs> <laughs> How are there noises coming out of this picture box? <laughs> Where's the crank? <laughs> Back in my day, you could go see a picture for a nickel. That's right. <laughs> now you got to plug it in and charge its electricity <laughs> tubes. And... 
<laughs> Anyways, generational conflict. I think that's a good. Make sure to engage in that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with your HR person. That's the summary. Age is yeah. definitely not a protected class that will end up getting you sued. Well, age isn't necessarily generation, right? Like, can I be a state of mind? Okay. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's right. I am a millennial, after all. <laughs> Soon I'll move into Gen Z. That's right. <laughs> I know what I know what TikTok is. Does that get me entrance? <laughs> You're in. Welcome to Gen Z. <laughs> Hmm. All right, what hmm. do we do? This is this is like my worst nightmare. What, being on the receiving end or the being on the other side where you give feedback and someone quits and gets and complains to HR about you? Yeah, that one. That is also my worst nightmare. And that's how I imagine every conversation in which I deliver negative feedback turning out. Yeah, me too. Super scary. I don't know why why is that so scary? I don't know. Cuz like if that's the response to feedback, that's not going to be a great situation (laughs) it's not a great working relationship but i think it's just that i want everyone to like me and if they quit because they're mad that i gave them bad feedback then that means they also don't like me dave that goes right back to the root of the problem you millennials are just such people pleasers (laughs) yep avocados on every desk (laughs) an avocado on every toast it's our war cry Yeah, I have this nightmare that I will just do my best to be really diplomatic, professional, and give what I think is valuable feedback, of course, after having sat on it for a few weeks, because I'm scared to give it. Yeah, exactly. Like carefully script it out, make rewrite it over and over again to make sure it's just the perfect balance of clear and also kind. And yeah, I gotcha. And then next thing you know, you're sitting across the desk from HR. Yep. I mean, there are obviously ways to give feedback poorly, but I... I'm choosing to believe the listener because I'm choosing to believe that like maybe they're a little direct, but they weren't rude or hostile or Mm -hmm. actually belligerent. It was just telling someone, hey, this work isn't good enough and you need to do this to make it better. Yeah. And that's a thing that you should be able to say as someone in a professional environment. Especially given other dynamics here, the only principal architect and this other person have been on the job for two weeks. I mean, this is like a huge blessing. Yeah. You just joined the team. You've been there for two weeks. You don't know anything yet. And you get some really valuable feedback. So, I mean, I'm trying to think of how I would feel in their situation. I think I would I would certainly feel bad that someone told me my work was bad. Sure. But I think I hope I would get over it and and look at the contents of the feedback and use that to evaluate what I should be doing better. But this does feel weird. I know that's exactly what you would do. And the reason I know that is because you and I are both extreme cowards. And so when when, <laughs> when when someone comes to us with feedback, the the people pleasing coward in us comes right out and is like, oh, right away, yes, thank you for the feedback. I will incorporate this immediately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's pretty. You have to be pretty brazen to go to HR and say this person was belligerent with me and then describe the situation. I mean, that takes that takes some guts, you know. Yeah. They're leaving the company, but they didn't leave the company. They moved to a different group. Does that mean they're they're leaving the company eventually or they just transferred to get away from me, the listener? I wonder if HR kind of kind of pivoted this. Back. Yeah, talked them off the ledge, put them on another team. And, you know, I hate to be I hate to make a snarky comment, but, you know, they can go find someone else to be offended by on that team. 
you know, instead of you. Yeah. I mean, that's just based on the, what's written here. That's what it sounds like is going to happen. And I have known very, very few yeah. people who are this level of sensitive. And honestly, it is challenging to deal with folks like this. And I think a lot of times they end up just not getting feedback because giving feedback is hard enough. And when the person on the other end, you know, reacts non-positively, it, it just makes it even harder to give. And I think they end up not getting feedback. Yeah. So it could be we're dealing with a, a trend here where they've gone their whole life building up this armor, this anti-feedback armor. And yeah. so when feedback does come through, because someone doesn't know, like you <laughs> in this case, yeah, it's like super, super hard, for, even harder for them because they're out of practice receiving it. Yeah. Huh. I'm just trying to think what you, the the listener, could do differently. What? Yeah. I have a three month old baby on my lap. That wasn't like my chair squeaking, <laughs> by the way. Um, <laughs> baby, don't you know how important this podcast is? <laughs> Settle down, baby. We're trying to give valuable information. He doesn't care. That's what he's telling. So me. insensitive. He didn't didn't listen to any of your feedback. <laughs> oh. I'll give him some more feedback. I think one thing you can do is set clear norms about feedback in your company and on your team, because a lot of this is context dependent and and depends on expectations. If you're expecting people to handle you very politely and gently and hint and and be very positive and kind of wrap all negative feedback in in like a big giant hug. <laughs> and and then you come in and it's a very direct model of saying, hey, this is not good enough. You need to do it better, that's going to be a big shock. But if you can set expectations of, hey, we're really direct on this team, and it's not that we're rude, and if people are being rude, that's unacceptable, but we are clear when we when we see work that doesn't meet our expectations. Yeah. I don't know how you would do that. Like, I mean, that's something like a manager or onboarding process would take care of, though. As the principal architect, I guess you can model it, but you could even argue you did. Like, it's your first your first interaction with this person yeah. and you did that and that that should set the norms i mean how how likely would you be jameson to to talk to that hr person and say no this is wrong i was not belligerent and i was professional and if that level of feedback a professional direct feedback is not acceptable to this person then they have a problem i mean would you would you be that bold i i i would be that belligerent <laughs> <laughs> Just start fighting with the HR person. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, uh, yeah, just getting pulled into HR, that feels like such a an unexpected move. Yeah. And it feels like kind of torpedoing the relationship. Oh, for sure. So I don't know. Once that happens, I don't know what you can do to rescue the, the situation with this specific person. But I think you're right that you can you can make a strong case to HR that this is clear professional feedback and they're not handling it well it's not that you're being rude especially can you, if you can demonstrate like this is how i treat everybody and this is not that like i'm a jerk to everybody but like this is the standard on our team mm-hmm. and it's it's this person who's behaving poorly reacting to it i think that helps too do you think that you would approach the person and sit down with them and say what did i do wrong and how would you like me to deliver this information in the future? After they got HR involved? Yeah. Or, or did they just pull the nuclear option? And I don't know. I'd probably do it like all snarkily and sarcastically. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be hard for me to have an... Yeah, I don't know. So, you, so you're saying you, you, would, you would call them up and be like, hey, I want to talk to you, but I just want your assurance you're not going to get HR involved this time. <laughs> <laughs> now that you said that, that sounds like a good idea. 
what the part the part where you where you call them up and say hey i need to talk to you but don't don't call hr D- don't tell hr no no <laughs> the part where you say hey how can i deliver this in a way that's better for you in the future i i also think the fact that they went to hr and kind of like went nuclear on you sometimes you're worried about damaging the relationship but you've kind of it's already like you don't have to you don't have to carefully step around it anymore because they've already demonstrated that it's kind of in a bad state so i I feel like it'd make it easier to be direct in some ways like you don't have to worry about cutting the wrong wire it's already been cut and the bomb already blew up yeah exactly yeah the bomb blew up so uh it's fine (laughs) <laughs> I, I will say i think it'd be helpful to be aware of power structures mm. going on here you're the the principal architect in your department the only one this is a new employee and they might be feeling very insecure or defensive mm-hmm. or and and your feedback carries a lot of weight just because of your kind of tenure and position in the company so it's possible that you might not have been rude but but just there's all this other stuff around the words that you say that might change the way that this person interprets them that is again i don't know that that means you shouldn't give feedback but like it's kind of like the higher you you are and the 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 more authority you have in a company the the less control you have over your words in some way people just kind of take them and add extra things to them yes that is it's weird but it happens it's not weird it's totally normal in fact and i i think so far i've taken the side of the feedback giver but now i'm going to just flip and take the side of the feedback receiver and say there is a very mm. there is a very good chance that your words came across much more harshly than you expected them to because of your position relative to this person. And I have seen that too. Yeah. In leadership, the more official authority that is bestowed upon you by your company, the more people, and of also the more regimented and hierarchical your company tends to be, the more weight your words carry. And you have to be just so careful about what you say. I mean, people, if you say this this work isn't up yeah. to the bar, people can interpret that to mean, you know, you're going to get a bad rating this year and, you know, you're Yeah, gonna, or, or you're going to get fired or Yeah, yeah. your your department will be defunded or right. Yeah. Absolutely. And and so you have to go to extra lengths to offset the uh, extra authority that comes with your words. And so between two peers who are on the same level and at the same level of authority, you might say it one way. But when you're talking to someone who's brand new to the company and in a different power dynamic, it's important to temper your words. You could also just give a, a preface, a preface. How do you say that word? <laughs> you give a th- you, you say a thing before you say the thing. <laughs> okay, got which it. Which is you explain your style. You know, you okay. say, hey, I'm going to give very direct feedback and I'm not being rude. I'm just trying to set clear expectations and and kind of help them interpret your words in the light that you mean them so that you don't leave as much room for this kind of additional info that you don't yes. mean to creep into them. Yes, specifically call out what you're not saying. Super good. Yeah. Also, I think, you know, he said uh, the, the listener says they're 100% remote, which means they could be geographically dispersed, which means there may be different cultures at play here. And in situations like this where someone reacts very strongly, I like to think, okay, let's just assume the person is reacting reasonably. What would have to be true in order for this to be a reasonable response? And in this case, one thing that could be true is that the words in the culture that you swim in every day have very different meaning when conveyed to the culture that this person swims in every day. And maybe it's an international situation. Maybe it's even regional within your area. And I, boy, I've seen that. I mean, in the U.S., we have East Coast versus West hmm. Coast mentality. Oh, man. You know, I was raised by a New Yorker. So, like, I know what direct looks like, but I live in the West. <laughs> so I know what passive aggressive looks like. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I grew up in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I can say nice things to insult you <laughs> or your casserole. <laughs> so, I mean, I look at that and see if there's something going on there. And, and it may not, it may be too late to go talk to the person about it, but I don't know. I mean, it's worth investigating. What I want to emphasize, though, is I feel like most people do not give direct feedback and most people don't receive direct feedback. And I think it's great that you were direct and clear with them about what needed to be changed about their work. And I would hate for this to, I would hate for you to learn the lesson of, I shouldn't tell people my expectations um, because it will blow up and I'll get pulled into HR. Mm -hmm. I think this is in general, a good thing that happens less than it should. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think you're right. There might be some, some ways you can make it. It's not just that it's, it's not that you're trying not to offend them either or trying not to get in trouble. It's that you're trying to make it so that the goal of your feedback is that the work should be better. And it didn't work in this case, right? Like they, That's true. they left your team, they were going to quit the company. So yeah. it's possible that there are ways you can deliver it that'll make it more likely to get the outcome. You're not done if you just like say exactly what you mean to say, but it doesn't happen. So yeah, keep doing it, but you might want to tweak your approach just a little bit. And isn't it the case That's that every individual has a different expectation for how they want to receive feedback? You know, some some people just want oh, absolutely. just yeah. laid out there. Uh, direct and harsh and give it to me I want to know everything and some people just really want you to back into it and sneak around it and and, and there's just every, there's lots of different styles you know <sighs> it's just so hard but yeah you, but really if you want to be an effective feedback delivery person you have to be able to learn those styles I like the phrase feedback delivery person because it sounds like <laughs> I can just open up an app and pay like a gig economy worker to <laughs> deliver feedback for me it's uber for feedback some delivery. billion dollar vc company yeah that that says that they're contractors even though they're basically employees yeah. <laughs> without Perfect. benefits or, or negotiating no rights. benefits and they do all this hard work for me so i can pretend like i still live with my mother that's right it's the dream <laughs> the dream of the gig economy <laughs> well good luck um, all right have we answered the question yeah i think so good luck it's a, tr- it's a tricky one difficult one and i don't feel like we gave any concrete action because there's just a million variables here yeah, I think I think broadly it seems like you did a pretty good job though. It's I mean, you can't always control other people's reactions. True. All right. Just going to leave some baby noises in for yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, Jameson, before we go on to our next question, did you hear that one of our Slack community members just got a new dev job with a $50,000 raise? Yeah, that was wild. They used a service called Vettery. Vettery matches developers with employers based on what you want, like your location, salary requirements, and technologies you want to work with. Yeah, so I actually signed up myself, and within a week, they sent me a job opportunity. The hiring manager wrote me a very nice note, and the salary was actually amazing. I was pretty impressed. I don't know. I'm a pretty big fan of my current job search process, which is quitting my job and then asking (laughs) strangers on Twitter if they know anyone hiring for COBOL. So, okay. So once you sign up for Vettery, you actually get a dedicated consultant assigned to help you tweak your profile and find the opportunities you're interested in. And the best part is you get those pesky salary requirements out of the way early in the process. No more going through the whole interview process, only to find out that your expectations are way off. Another thing I like is that there's no coding test to get started. And as much as I love balancing binary trees on a whiteboard under time pressure, that's, that's a pretty cool thing. If you're thinking of taking the soft skills engineering advice of quitting your job, you should check out Vettery. Go to vettery.com slash soft skills to sign up. That's V-E-T-T-E-R-Y dot com slash soft skills. And if you use that link, you'll help support the show. And if you get a job through Vettery, you get 300 bucks. Thank you so much to Vettery for sponsoring the show. Okay, Jameson, would you like to read our second question? I would. 
Hey, soft skills advisors. I think I may have been soft demoted at the startup I work at. I used to be part of the senior management of the company as the most senior technical member of the staff. However, due to a series of unfortunate mistakes on my part, both technical and managerial, I seem to be no longer trusted or included in any discussions or decisions. I feel like I'm demoted from my position in everything but official title, and yet everyone in the senior management reassures me that they still very much value all my contributions. Is it time to take the time-honored soft skills advice and quit my job, or am I being unnecessarily emotional and paranoid here, and it will just take some time to rebuild trust? I'm still paid a good salary and have my stock options, etc. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, I like that term soft demoted. It's like it's like everything is the same except the way people treat you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I feel like it's more common to get soft promoted where you don't get more money or stock options, but you have to do <laughs> higher responsibility work. Oh yeah. It's actually pretty common for companies to bake soft promotion right into their promotion process where they actually expect you to be performing at the next level before they will put the title on you so it's actually super common so like you have to get soft promoted first yeah okay hmm hmm i mean how do you find out if you've really been soft demoted yeah this is interesting it feels kind of passive aggressive it's like the opposite of the last question where you want someone to come up to you and say hey you did a really bad job on these things yeah and you need to do this instead and they're kind of all like why i mean why wouldn't anyone say anything to you Probably because they're planning something terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they figured out the secret that you're an imposter. <laughs> they They've unlocked the <laughs> imposter syndrome. I mean, I say put it to the test. Like you need some, you need some hard metrics here. So let's figure out if you've actually been stripped of authority by doing making some executive unilateral decision that's really extreme. You know, like mm. tell the engineering team, okay, we're starting the effort, the multi-year effort to rewrite everything in Haskell starting today. And see if anyone steps in. Mm. <laughs> if if someone else pulls you aside and whispers into your ear. Or even worse, if someone pulls everyone else on the team and yeah. aside and whispers <laughs> into their ear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We've given you a special project that you are going to manage and work on all by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and you can rewrite that in Haskell. <laughs> that would tell you. That would give you all the data you need, I think. Do you feel like you've experienced this in any way where you've you've screwed something up and and lost trust at work and had to regain it somehow? Hmm, that's a good, that's a good question. Let me think back. Here's the best example I can think of, which is actually a pretty good one, but not quite to the extreme levels that we're talking about here, but I was working in the defense contracting industry about, I don't know, 12, 15 years ago, somewhere in there. And we had just built this yeah. prototype product that we thought was going to be really cool. It was just me and one other engineer, kind of a skunkworks thing. We've been putting it together for a few months and we were approaching a new customer in the defense space about using it. And I sat down with this customer in our lab and I opened the product, I showed it to them, I walked walked it through and then I look over at him and I said, you know, what, what do you think? <laughs> this is a huge influential customer for our office. It was like a big portion of our revenue came yeah. from this one individual. He looks at me and he goes, this is useless to me. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> and, and I said, he goes, how would I ever use this? And I, and I'm like, honestly, like at the time, honestly, I didn't know because I didn't really know a lot about the customer space. And so I just looked right back at him and I said, well, maybe you could tell me a little bit about what you do and I could tell you if it would be useful. And he just, he just <laughs> turned around and walked away from me. <laughs> <laughs> and I just was standing there in the lab, huh. all the equipment buzzing around me. 
just sitting there feeling sad, wondering what the heck just happened. It made sad buzzes. Oh, so sad. And then fast forward a few years, though, and I did earn that customer's trust. And he ended up trusting me with doing the systems engineering on multi-million dollar contracts, bringing together big teams, lots of lots of software products, bringing up uh, from under one roof, delivering some of the biggest systems they'd ever bought from us. So it, it did eventually regrow. But boy, it started How, off though? pretty bad. You know, I, I don't... Was it just doing, doing good work yeah. over time? Yeah, it was just like... I mean, I was scared of him for a really long time, uh, for a year or two. And then I think I just delivered and delivered and delivered. And then eventually he may have actually just forgotten that that original interaction was with me in the first place. <laughs> but yeah, eventually, eventually he trusted me. But yeah, I think it just took a lot hmm. of time and consistency. I'm trying to think of stuff. The thing is, I've never been in a situation where someone explicitly said, hey, you have lost our trust and you'll have to do a good job to, to make up for it. I know, me neither. I'm thinking back to things that I've screwed up and I at some times, at some points felt like maybe I had lost trust. But but yeah, no one ever came out and said, hey, we, we don't trust you with this. You don't have like this trustometer that you carry around and it goes beep, 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 beep. I don't. I mean, well, you can hear it going off right now, actually. <laughs> so I do. This child has lost trust in me. Yeah, but, but I, I have felt... Trust ebb and flow, or not ebb and flow. It's not a fluid. It has waxed and waned. Oh, okay. Where at times I have felt like it's it's a moon. That's okay. what trust is. Okay. At times I felt like I had more trust and, and, and periods where a bunch of things went wrong and I probably could have done something different to make them not go wrong. I felt like I had less trust, but I didn't really, it wasn't as drastic as this sounds where, where like nobody listened to me or let me do anything. It was just kind of like I felt like I had to provide more evidence for why what I thought was correct or, or how he how we were doing on a project or things like that. So you, you have felt like you had to provide more evidence for why your ideas were not a complete and utter disaster like last time? Like the other <laughs> ideas, yeah. <laughs> why this time is not like the last time. <laughs> but I haven't been like cut out of discussions quite like this. I mean, this almost feels like a like a mean kids in high school situation where like you were in the group chat or whatever and then mm -hmm. you find out there's another group chat yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that has everyone except you yeah exactly they just all migrate to a new one actually oh i forgot about this there was a group chat in my family and there was one just for all the all the women in the family Mm -hmm. And then my nephew like stole someone's phone and added a bunch of people to it <laughs> as a prank. Okay. And then uh, they all left and went to their own other channel. <laughs> so he lost trust in that moment. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure he regained it. Yeah. I mean, he's a relative, so he <laughs> regained it. So try being a blood relative of everybody. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I think that will help. I think you can. Here's what I would suggest. I would suggest challenging people on this a little bit and and using it to demonstrate both like you're aware that you messed up and you want things to get better because it's possible that they just think well we don't trust them anymore and and like we don't even know if they can fix this so we'll kind of just route around them but if you make it a little more explicit and say hey i feel like i'm not trusted anymore here are the interactions that make me feel like that here's why i think that's the case it's because i because of these results on these projects or whatever what can i do to regain that yeah i feel like if you can get the conversation out more in the open you basically want to make it clear you're not going to take everybody to HR. Like the last question. Like, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. If, if you can make it clear that you want to talk about it openly and clearly, I think it feels like if I was this management team, this is like what I would do. I would just kind of 
not talk to them as much to avoid conflict right. in, in my worst self, you know? Sure. But I think that's a natural state for a lot of people. Yeah. So I think you, you want to make it clear that you want to improve and you're not you're not on the warpath trying to like, I don't know, prove them all wrong and dumb. You just you just want to you want to be part of the team again. No, here's the risk, though, with that approach. The risk is that actually they haven't lost trust in you. And now you're kind of looking silly. And they didn't even know you screwed up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I really, I really think this is what stops people from having this conversation. Your project was how late? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Holy crap! <laughs> I had no idea. Why do you still work here? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like, yeah. what if you know? At this point, the question asker is saying, "I'm not totally sure, but I think I have been demoted." And now the risk is maybe you actually haven't been demoted, but you bring up this stuff and they're, you know, it's like airing your dirty laundry for no reason. Scary, right? Yeah. But on the other hand, if indeed you have lost trust, boy, you want to know about that and have a concrete and obvious plan to work it back and make sure they're all aware that you yeah. are working toward that. Yeah. Here's another potential explanation, though. If you're at a startup, as the startup grows, authority spreads out a little bit more, where before maybe there was one ops person in the whole company and so mm -hmm. they set the roadmap and did all the work and everything now there's like 10 people and one of them's a manager and so there's there's a little bit less freedom and power concentrated in one person mm -hmm. so it could just be like a natural consequence of some stuff going on in the business could be or maybe maybe it's specific to your project like your project is less important to the company as a whole or your area or, or whatever mm -hmm. though they say they're like the most senior technical member it seems unlikely that technology would broadly as a whole become less important to a tech startup <laughs> maybe there's another tech department like, don't worry we figured out sharepoint can do all of this <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to be needing your services well, anymore <laughs> <laughs> we've replaced you with some simple shell scripts that's right classic <laughs> yeah so I, I don't know it's tricky because i you know you sometimes you don't know if you want to know you know what i mean like how bad is the rift I think you do want to know. If you're going to quit over it, yeah. you at least want to try and make sure it's real <laughs> before you just quit on accident and everyone looks around and says, what happened to Anonymous? They were doing such a great job. Yeah. We were, we didn't have to worry about him for the last six months while we right. focused on this other thing that <laughs> yeah. was super important. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that he was able to work unattended without a lot of supervision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let us let us all have meetings about this other thing that was on fire. Yeah. Maybe you could glom on to one of the people who is more apparently in this in group and just follow them around from meeting to meeting and just be like, oh, hey, I, you know, I didn't I, I saw I wasn't on this invite, but, you know, I just wanted to show up <laughs> and just see what they're talking about in there. I think you should ask them if you can be their lackey. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you need a, a yes man or woman? Do you need a yes person in the meeting? <laughs> A yes delivery person? Someone to pound the table and back up your ideas. <laughs> <laughs> it's also worth, I mean, that's it's kind of tongue in cheek. So don't be the yes person to get into meetings. But you could just say, hey, I want to participate more. Can I come to this meeting? I think I have something to add. Mm -hmm. I think people are open to that for the most part. I know that I, I sometimes scope meetings to people that I think need to be in it. And I don't want to bother more people than are necessary mm -hmm. to. I, I, I don't want to waste time. And this probably applies more to individual contributors than, than senior management. But it's possible yeah. that, that someone's got more benevolent motives for not including you. Okay, I changed my answer. I think you should first just say like, hey, can I come to these meetings? Okay. I think I have value to contribute. And if that doesn't work, 
if the meetings all mysteriously move to a different room, you show up and it's empty. <laughs> <laughs> you you find out that the 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 video conference call was changed at the last minute, but yep. you don't find out until afterwards. Dead then, giveaway. Then I think you have to, yeah. Then you call it out and say, "Hey, what's going on? Have I lost trust? I wanna I wanna get involved more explicitly." Yeah, I, you know, it's so rare that people actually come to leadership and say, I can sense that you're dissatisfied with my performance and I would like to do better. What can I do? I think people would be thrilled by that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, we talked about Haskell. We've checked all the boxes. We haven't talked about <laughs> Bitcoin yet this episode. That's true. <laughs> I mean, yes, have an idea for a blockchain project. That would get management to go crazy. That's true. Revitalize the company. Revitalize the company. You know what our problem is? We don't have enough distributed ledgers for our CRUD app. <laughs> it's not easy enough for criminals to steal our funding. <laughs> we need an, an ICO. Perfect. <laughs> it sounds, yeah, my, my baby alarm is also going off. Okay, <laughs> that's our signal. All right, what can people do if they want their own questions answered, Dave? Go to softskills.audio and click ask a question. And while you're there, click the support us on Patreon button. And big thanks to Vettery, who sponsored this episode. You can visit them at vettery.com softskills to start your job hunt today. Thank you very much. We'll catch you next week. 